102.7 ESPN Studios in Austin, Texas. This is the Jeff Ward Show. Hey, welcome to our little show. Here's the way it works. I riff on stuff and you react. Pretty straightforward. The phone numbers. 512-834-1027. That's 512-834-1027. You can... Follow me on Twitter or X or whatever we call it this week. It is at Jeff Ward Show. Want to post comments there? Go ahead. I'm sure you will. But get to the point. Please don't suck. Try to make the show better if you can. That's at Jeff Ward Show. Make sure you subscribe and download the podcast that we drop each afternoon. The Jeff Ward Show podcast is available wherever you download your podcasts. I would suggest you subscribe to the YouTube channel as well. I look like Shrek, and uh, there's a weird wall behind me, but it seems to be doing pretty well. Subscribe to the Jeff Ward Show YouTube channel. Uh-oh. I have an idea where this will go, but uh, it's impossible not to say these things today. How can people not be saying today? How can something so similar happen again? Not, I'm not just mentioning another mass shooting, but how are people, I would say in particular people in the state of Texas, but how are normal, decent people not saying this is shockingly similar to what happened down the road from where I'm sitting in a small town church in Texas? Now you think about that if you haven't thought about it already, and I'm not sure why it has not why it's not sinking in just yet. Keep that in mind. An amazing moment last night uh, as news started to come out about uh, another mass shooting, this mass shooting in Maine. And one of the most gripping, and I'll use that word, gripping moments that did, and we'll see if you react the same way. I I did. Uh, One of the most gripping moments from last night that did such a perfect job of capturing I think, capturing how normal, decent people react and feel about these mass shootings in the moment, reacting in the moment. Now, look, I'm well aware of all of their reactions. I've been doing this a long time. I know exactly what kind of blowback there is. But for normal, decent people... It doesn't matter that this guy is a basketball coach. I'm talking about the reaction. His reaction and his response was just so compelling. Uh, This is the head coach of the Sacramento Kings. His name is Mike Brown. The Kings had just beaten the Utah Jazz, I think, last night. And as Mike Brown, I guess, is walking from the floor... To into the media room to meet with reporters to take questions. Obviously, right in those few minutes, and news had started coming out, and I'm sure everyone in the arena started to pay attention to the horrific mass shooting that, was, that had happened, that was still happening. He's walking into this media room to take questions. It's just something about this minute and a half of, of his reaction that was so compelling. Uh, the first thing I'd like to say is I, I, I don't know everything that's going on, but uh, I'm not that smart 
but I know we as a country got to do something. Um, I'm walking over here and somebody says there was a mass shooting in Maine with 20, 22 dead at a grocery store. At a freaking grocery store, man. If, if that doesn't touch anybody, I, I don't... I, I don't know. I don't even... I don't even know what to say. That is, that is absolutely disgusting. And it's sad. And it's sad that we sit here and watch this happen time after time after time after time. And nobody does anything about it. It's, it's, a, it's a sad day. It's a sad day. It's a sad day for our country. It's a sad day in this world. And until we decide to do something about it, the powers that be, this is going to keep happening. And our kids aren't going to be able to enjoy what the United States is about because we don't know how to fix a problem that's right in front of us. Sad. I feel for the families. I don't know what else to say. Like no easy way to transit. So then he was asked um, about. He was asked a question about the game, and you're going to say, "Well, Jeff, why do we care what a basketball coach says?" Uh, he's reacting. That's the whole point. His reaction was really compelling. So then, this is a guy who just walked off the floor. So then he's asked something about the game itself. I think we have this part. He's asked something about the game itself. And this was gripping. Transition out of that, but from an NBA standpoint, um, how do you feel the league does, or how much do you appreciate, I guess, the league and their platform and the work that they do to send messages to try and prevent things like this or do what needs to be done, I guess? You know, you commend that, Adam Silva, and the, the players that lead this league, you know. Chris Paul, LeBron James, to name a few that stand up and use this platform, use their platform the right way. And you hope that we continue. Um, obviously, it hasn't done much because for something like that to happen tonight, that's just sick. Like, I, I, it's just, it's just sick. I don't, I don't know what else to say. It's absolutely sick. I don't even want to talk basketball. I'm sorry. It's, I just like we played a game. It was fun. Well, obviously we won, but I mean, there's if if we can't do anything to fix this, it's over. It's over. It's over for our country for this to happen time after time. So, Jeff, what were you talking about uh, the people of Texas? Yeah, how do you not, not piecing this together and saying, I cannot believe something so similar happened again? And here it is. It's not, again, not just the fact 
that it's another mass shooting following a similar path. This one is disturbingly similar to not far from where I'm sitting right now. The mass shooting last night followed the guy, the shooter, the lunatic, followed a very similar path as the shooting not that far from where I'm sitting. The dots are very much connected. This lunatic shooter in Maine followed a similar path as the lunatic shooter in Sutherland Springs, Texas. I know people would like to forget about that, but unfortunately, after last night, it's the first thing that came to mind, and that is. Okay, now see, let's see what's really wrong with this picture. A military guy spends weeks in a psychiatric facility, threatens to shoot up a military base, gets out of the psychiatric facility and acquires a wartime killing machine and follows through on his promise to slaughter dozens of people. The shooter in Sutherland Springs, Texas, that went into a church, in a small town church, had left a mental, a psychiatric facility, threatened to kill people on his base, acquired a wartime killing machine and killed 28 people in a church. The freak in Maine left a psychiatric hospital, threatened to kill people at a military base, then this military-trained firearms instructor goes into a family bowling center on kids' night and kills 20 more people in a matter of minutes. Yeah, outrageous question, I know. But is it, is it really outrageous to ask why it is that military-trained men leave psychiatric facilities, make threats, and still get war-killing machines? In both cases, in both cases, I know, I know, Jeff, we can't make everything perfect. I, I know, and I'm just saying, how could something so similar with people so dangerous follow such a similar path? If you want to red flag anybody, is it too much to ask that you red flag the military trained lunatic leaving a psychiatric facility after said lunatic threatened to kill all of you? What greater flag is there? Were some of us not screaming this a few years ago when that nut job left the psychiatric facility and did the exact same thing? So, right? Military trained men in both cases threatened to kill people that they work with. I believe the lunatic in Maine, who they now say, crazy, now say may have tried to get away on his jet ski last night, or may have gotten away at his jet ski. But both of them threatened to kill people they work with on the military base and still get out and acquire wartime killing machines and follow through on it. I know, I know you're going to say, I know, I know, trust me, I know. Well, the good guys with guns will stop them. Yeah, here's the thing. Normal people don't arm themselves for war when they go bowling with their kids. That's what normal people don't do. And if they did arm themselves to go bowling with their kids with armed for war to stop a military-trained gun instructor with a wartime killing machine with a laser pointer on it just to make sure that he can pinpoint the people he wants to kill because he's an expert, 
you know, it's tough when you're at the bowling alley with your kids to get into a gun battle when you and everyone around you at a family bowling center on teen night are gunned down in seconds. I know. But Jeff, he could have killed people with his Subaru. I know. He could try. He could try, I guess. You're right about that. But that Subaru that he left behind, that he abandoned, the Subaru is made to get him, just like everyone else, from point A to point B. The hunting rifle he may have had somewhere, who knows, is made to hunt. When he handed his hand last night, that product is made specifically to kill people. And he's an expert at it. An expert that spent time in a psychiatric facility. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Way to go, Smoker Voice. You know, I feel like every week now I'm looking out for the Aggies here, just trying to do the legwork. That's all I'm doing. So Aggies, Urban Meyer. Yes, that Urban Meyer. The lovable, the cuddly Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer has an important message for you. And I can't believe I hadn't thought of this before, but Urban Meyer has done it for me. No, he's not, to be clear, that I know of, he's not saying, hire me. He's not saying it yet. Okay. That was going to be a really expensive proposition to fire Jimbo Fisher, get out of $77 million there, then turn and hire very expensive Urban Meyer. He's not yet saying, hire me. Although I do think for the right price, he probably would do it. His message is more indirect than that. He's not saying, hey, Aggies, what are you thinking down there? I'm the one doing that because I'm always looking out for trying to help you out of this stupid deal. So Urban Meyer's message is slightly more indirect, but I'm going to make it far more direct. And it's hard to argue. Urban Meyer says this. He was asked, I don't know if he has a podcast. I guess he sits in his underwear and does a podcast like everyone else. I don't think it'd be very good, but wherever he's interviewed about this or wherever he said it, I'm not quite sure. But he then offered this up. He was asked to name the best coach in college football. And people assume if he doesn't say himself, although he's not coaching now, he would naturally say, I would think most people would say he would say Nick Saban. No. Not at all. And I don't know that there's any reason at all to argue with him. I think it tells you a lot exactly what he just said. And Aggies, I'm looking out for you here. Pay attention. Urban Meyer had this to say. I've said many, many times, Kyle Whittingham's one of the best coaches in college football. Now, he's the best. He is the best coach in college football. I assume most people don't even know who that is. I assume most Aggies may not even know who that is. His culture and discipline, Meyer says, he's tough as nails. I can go on and on about Kyle Whittingham and what he's done. He's not one of the best coaches. He is the best coach in college football. Yes. Yes. Oh, you want to argue? Okay. Let's. Well, you want to try to argue? Yeah. You happy with what you got right now? Then... He's right. I can't believe I didn't think of it before, and I bragged about the guy a bunch. Here's what you should try to get, Aggies. I have no idea what's going to happen. I have no idea if you're prepared to make the move, but he is exactly right. If you wanted to get fixed, and you wanted to play the game the right way, and you wanted to succeed, this is an absolute no-brainer. 
Kyle Winningham is the, in many ways, from what I can tell, because you never hear anything, which is cool, which is kind of a nice change of pace. Um, Kyle Whittingham is the anti-Deion Sanders in many ways. I, I don't think you could get Deion Sanders anyway. I suspect Kyle Whittingham would be far less expensive than Deion Sanders, but I have no idea if Kyle Whittingham would take it, and I don't think Deion Sanders would take it. But um, the guy that just won the Pac-12 last year and might win it again, by the way, you know, the best league in the country, he keeps doing this on a regular basis. He keeps winning, and nobody pays attention. The guy coaching in Utah, where they have approximately zero players that Texas A&M would even offer a scholarship to, I shouldn't say zero. I know they have one, except he's injured, which makes his coaching job even more impressive. Um, But let's say other than the injured quarterback who hasn't played at all this year and he's still winning without him, that's the only player I think that A&M would offer a scholarship to. He won National Coach of the Year, I think, in 2021. He's 154 and 74 at Utah. Utah. He's doing this in the best league in the country. Okay? There are more top flight high school players within 40 to 60 miles of College Station than the entire state of Utah. There's probably more players within 10 miles of College Station than there are in the entire state of Utah. And the best part, he's 6-1 and one right now, and he's doing it. Okay, he's doing it without one of the five best quarterbacks in the country who's been out the entire year. That's Cam Rising. Uh, and guess what they do? We know you've noticed uh, those teams at Utah. Um, if you've ever watched them, I have. I've admired them for some time. Here's what they do. It's a really kind of a novel concept. They block, they tackle, they kick, and they win. Not necessarily in that order, but pretty close. That's it. And then you look up, and he walks off the field. They do it again and again and again. And they beat good teams again and again and again. And they beat them very simple ways, you know, just regular football. They just keep winning. And he does it calmly and quietly. And you know nothing about him. He makes no noise. Except they play the right way. It's not tricked up football. It's not fakes and stuff like that. If you gave Kyle Whittingham, who Urban Meyer says is the best coach in college football. If you give give Kyle Whittingham A&M's players, they don't lose a game. They don't lose a game. It's not even close. He doesn't have A&M's players, nothing close, and he doesn't lose many games. Yeah, yeah. I I think it's pretty significant that Urban Meyer would say that. I do. Um, I I don't don't think that's throwaway praise, and I don't think it's it's wrong at all. In fact, it seems pretty obvious, and it has seemed pretty obvious for for some time. I don't know what they're going to do at A&M, and I have no idea... I'm sh- I would think somebody's tried to hire the guy away before. I don't know. I can't think of anyone as desperate as A&M is getting. And I don't know if he would leave. I don't know. Um, but I'm trying here, Aggies. Okay, I'm trying. I've been trying at this for a while now. you got a screwed up deal. You're upside down. Uh, you're in an arranged marriage. It is a total dumpster fire. And I feel badly that I haven't mentioned this before. But I'll take, I'll take Urban Meyer's lead and say... 
I'm trying here, Aggies. I'm trying. Give this guy your entire program, shut up, and he'll take care of it. Jeff Ward, weekdays on 102.7 ESPN. Way to go, Smoker Voice on Twitter or X or whatever we're calling it this week. And things are going so well for Elon Musk. It's at Jeff Ward Show. Uh, here we go, at Jeff Ward Show. The difference between Kyle and Dion, Kyle wins. <laughs> yeah, he wins a lot. He's been doing it for a long time, and it looks the same every year. If they play the same every year, he's calm every year. He's not an insufferable jackass like Jimbo Fisher. Oh, and they block, tackle, and kick and win. There. At Jeff Ward Show, imagine this. You tell your kids you're going bowling on league night. Those are the last words they will ever hear you say. It's a very scary situation in America. Well, I think there's even more uh, yes, no doubt. It was kids' night at the bowling alley. That's what's been reported. It was kids and teen night at the bowling alley. So, yeah. And then the military-trained firearms instructor with a killing machine in his hand with a red, that puts the red dot on you, came bursting in. So that, your, your comment is awful enough. I, I'm, I'm afraid what we're going to hear about who was in there. Because what's reported, has been reported, is that it was kids and teen night. Now, I suspect parents are there, too. Um, people were, I'm sure you've, everyone's digested some of this, you know, it's awful, but, and what people say, I don't know, how, how do you react when people say, I just, I can't read it. I can't pay attention to it. How, how do you react to that? Cause I, at some level, I have some understanding, you know, I've been behind a microphone for decades now, heard, and been sitting here for a lot of these things. No, all of them actually starting with Columbine. So how do you react when people say, I just, I can't take it. I don't want to read about it. I don't want to see it. I'm just, I'm just going to turn it off. But people that were in there were describing, they were running down the lanes and climbing up to hide behind the pins as the guy with a killing machine in his hand with a scope on it to put a red dot on. You know, the expert trained by the military who was in a psychiatric facility? Yeah, that guy. I'm not even sure he should be driving a Subaru, let alone have a killing machine in his hand with a scope on it to put a red dot on the people he kills. At Jeff Ward Show. Jeff, you just made a comment about normal, decent people and then people from Texas. Which is it? Oof. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah, I... You don't, haven't thought of the similarities the, on top of all the disturbing things, the disturbing backstory to the two shooters. You know, the one that we had here that slaughtered people in a church after he spent time in a mental facility and then got out, tried to kill people, and then sure enough did it. I believe, I think it was the Air Force with him, but I'm not sure. This guy... Um, spent time in a, I don't even know if it's a military psychiatric facility or not, threatened to kill people, and then, sure enough, got a hold of a killing machine and, and did it. Um, the, the similarities between the two, 
Uh, Goldie Hawn has been touched by aliens. I said Goldie Hawn. I have no idea how this came up, but here you go. As I've mentioned many times, I I don't care. Like, all of you have opinions, pro or con, about aliens. How about mine? I don't care. Now, if what, go, if what happened to me would happen to Goldie Hawn, I would care. Then I would care, but till then I don't. I'm just not moved. I'm sorry. I feel guilty every time aliens come up, and I say, "Ah, meh, meh." I haven't been bothered. Move on. Goldie Hawn has. Here you go. She um she claims an alien touched her. <laughs> this kid in badly. I know. I know. Insert your jokes wherever you would like. I I believe this is going to end badly, but it's out there. The actress, I'm reading now, the actress and mother of Kate Hudson on her podcast, Time to Walk, okay, claims rather than being ambushed by little green men, she had in fact asked aliens to visit her and they did. Yeah. Is that how it works? I I didn't know that's how it works. Okay. Try that, everyone. She says, and I'm quoting now. I went outside of my door and I sat on the little ledge and I looked up to the dark sky and I saw all these stars. And all I could think was, are we the only planet in the whole wide universe that has life on it? Fair enough. She said she called out to any aliens listening, saying she knows we're not alone. And I am quoting here. I would like to meet you one day. Okay. There you go. They said, sure, we'd like to meet you, too. They didn't say that. I'm just making that part up. So um, I love this part. She uh, went down for a nap one afternoon. It's what you do when you're old. And you've been pointing out to aliens needing to come talk to you. And while, um, and she says she heard a high frequency in her ear. She claims she then saw three triangular-shaped heads, silver in color, with tiny little noses, no ears, and she said they had a slash for a mouth. All right, in case any of you know exactly what I'm talking about, let me read that back to you again. She says, I'd like to meet you. She's taking a nap, had some soup probably, down for a nap, maybe going to watch Jeopardy or Wheel of Fortune that afternoon. And then she says that she heard the frequency, triangular-shaped heads, there was three of them, silver in color, Tiny nose, no ears, slash for a mouth. Got it? She said, the aliens were pointing at me, discussing me like I was a subject. Okay? She said she was unable to move, but the aliens, quote, touched me, and it felt like the finger of... Oh, gosh. Shoot. Wish that had to happen. (laughs) I really wish that part had not happened. Actually, right now, I don't like our chances that you're going to be responsible at all. I think you're going to be terrible, but I'll keep going. She said she was unable to move, but the aliens, quote, touched me and it felt like the finger of God, end quote. Huh. Okay. Um, She says it was the most love. Shoot. Stop talking, old lady. Come on. It was the most benevolent, loving feeling. It was powerful. It was filled with light. She says she's never forgotten the experience and wants to speak on it as often as possible. Huh. She said she once dreamed about the aliens and where they are and what they could be doing. Well, if she calls out from the balcony, they're going to come back and talk to you again. 
Huh. Okay, well, there you go. Apparently, that's all you have to... <laughs> that's all you need to do is uh, just call out to them, and then you two can... You too can feel the finger of the aliens and be like Goldie Hawn. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You know the sign-stealing, the Cohen Brothers-like sign-stealing story coming out of Michigan with uh, everyone's favorite new porn star named Connor Stallions. This is the guy's paid $55,000 he, on his LinkedIn page, he brags about how he can use his military intelligence training to help football programs. He's the guy at the center of the sign-stealing scandal. Blah, blah, blah. Do you know what, though? It's, it's another ridiculous thing about college football. It shines the light on another ridiculous thing about college football. You do know, if you're a big college football fan, it could be so much better. It really could. So what is, what am I highlighting here? The stupid signs. There's an easy fix. It's being talked about now, but it, it, it could have been done a long time ago. The stupid signs that I'm talking about, you know, that's when you look up at a game and you see four or five dudes on the sidelines are holding up signs for the offense and four of the five signs are decoys. That look that's just, you know, because the sideline is full of people. One thing about college football, there's just so many people. You can't, get, you can't move around. You can't get a drink because there's so many people. They are the most bloated operation you could imagine. But you know those looks. So they hold up the signs. Most of them are dummy signs. And then there's one of them that is, that's live. That's the term used. So Michigan's football program, like other football factories, has apparently has far too much money on its hands, and they hire some ex-intelligence officer for 55000 bucks, and he goes and he travels around the Big Ten allegedly stealing plays, the stealing the, the calls from the sidelines. So I'm going to add this to the long lists of things that college football should get away, get away from and then do better with. Okay? So I'll add this. Now, the new addition to my list on things to improve. So my list, in case you don't know, and I challenge anyone to tell me that I'm wrong about this, let's argue. One would be interference penalties. You know how it works in college football. You can see a guy just get his head taken off and the penalty's 15 yards down the field instead of a spot foul. So if you tomahawk some dude at the one in the NFL, guess where the penalty's going? The one. There's real punishment for a real penalty. Change the overtime. It's stupid now. Nobody knows what's going on. They put the ball to 25. Who knows the process of alternating? It's idiotic. It should be just like the NFL overtime. Uh, the rule about a ball carrier is down. Should only be down by contact instead of this goofball thing where your knee touches the ground. That's dumb, too. Shorten the half times. They last forever. The games last forever on, on their face. Stop with these long half times. Don't stop the clock on first down. Stupid. Very stupid. More drama is better for the viewer. Uh, move the hash marks to the middle of the field. People don't know it until you look at an NFL game. It makes the game worse. doesn't balance the field. doesn't balance out the play calls. The game would be better if the hash marks were all right in the middle. Uh, of course, improve the replay system. It is clunky. It is absurd. It's awful. Now, the way to, to add to this, okay, 
So I'm now adding something else that can improve the college game. And I don't think the people that run college football, that's the coaches, I don't think they've touched any of the things I've just mentioned. But it would make the game better. Here's another to make the game better. So we can get away from these giant signs they hold on the sidelines. We can get away from the goofball process. We can get away from sign stealing entirely. You know what the NFL does? One, they don't have half the people on the sideline because they don't need them. They don't need them. Um, But what the NFL does is they just tell the quarterback what the play is. That's it. It's amazing, isn't it? They don't need five people with signs and then thumbing through the signs to find the next sign and the next one, the next one. They don't have all this goofball stuff, so they don't have a problem with somebody, some intelligence officer, stealing the plays because they have, I don't know, like a $3, well, I would say they go to Radio Shack, but I'm guessing they don't go to Radio Shack. They got a $3 thing inside the quarterback's helmet and they say, the play, there. It's really pretty simple. What's amazing when you, when you know the college game and you look at the college game and all the people and all the expense, you could, for a tenth of the money, you're paying some obscure assistant and assistant and another assistant what you're paying them, you could easily add a speaker to call plays inside the helmet. The NFL's been doing it since the 90s. Is it really that tough? If you're going to say, well, it's so expensive, you mean the guy for 50, it's, I bet it's less expensive than the guy for $55,000 at stealing the plays. I bet it's less expensive than the goofball standing there on the sideline holding up signs. I mean, it's not that tough. I think the NFL's been doing it since the, like, 94. Um, and then, by the way, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do it. I've now heard three or four coaches say, you know, we really should just do that thing like the NFL where you have that, that speaker in there and then you tell the quarterback to play. But you don't have to do it. If you want to hold up signs and that's how you want to run in plays, that's, that should be your business. If you want to put a speaker in there and tell the quarterback to play and, you know, spend three bucks on that, that should be your business as well. I mean, I don't know that you should have to do it. But it's... It's almost like replay to me. When you think about it's the college game. So these games are played, and I realize that football is separate to the school itself, unfortunately. But these games are played, and they're representing schools that are they are sitting in the middle of the most technically gifted people in the world, right? I'm telling you, for a six-pack of beer, you could go down campus, Pick an engineer, pick a dorm for all I care. But go to an engineering class and say, I got a six-pack of beer if you guys set up the best way to, for me to talk to my quarterback. In 15 minutes, it'll be done for half the people and half the cost of you having standing on your sideline. I've said the same thing about replay. You do know you don't need a bunch of blue hairs trying to figure it out. For a six-pack of beer and some weed, you go down the campus and say, can I talk to you people? Would you please figure out a way for us to do this better? The bag, the weed is waiting as soon as you have an idea. Boom, it's done for a tenth of the cost of all the people you have on your sidelines. It, the, these innovations aren't that groundbreaking. I know the NFL is smarter and it's, it's better with its money and it, you know, it's, it's far more efficient, but it's not like you don't have connections to the smartest people around. 
It's really not that difficult to come up with new innovations. And, and, the, and, the, and I don't even know why it hasn't been done. I don't know why it would even be illegal to say I put a speaker, a tiny speaker, into my quarterback's helmet. What do you guys care? What, why would you care? Why would that even be against the rules? Make the game better. It would not look so stupid. You would have far fewer idiotic delay of game penalties. See? I mean, it's, right? Are these really outrageous suggestions that I'm making? I mean, it's, I bet I've been saying the same thing for years. Fix the interference rule. Fix it. Fix it right away. They won't. Uh, change the overtime. Do that thing about the ball carry being down by the knee. Shorten the half times. Don't stop the clock on a first down. Move the hash marks to the middle. Give some students some beer and weed and have them improve the replay system. In fact, get rid of the old guys doing the replay system. Don't allow anyone over the age of 65 to be involved in replay. Start there. And then, simple. Fix your... uh, Cheating is such a concern for you, and you prefer your program not have to employ a $55,000 intelligence officer. Do exactly what the NFL has done. And set up a system where you talk directly to your quarterback or your center or anyone. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. The game would flow better. You not have to worry about stuff. Well, but Jeff, what if it doesn't work? Well, then it doesn't work. You fix it. I mean, who cares? What if a school wants to keep 11 people holding up signs? Then that school can keep 11 people holding up signs. But there's now been at least five or six coaches that I've heard from in the last 24 hours, watched interviews with, and they all seem to be saying the same thing about sign stealing. You know, this wouldn't be a problem if we did it like the NFL. Yeah. You should do everything like the NFL, and your game would be better. Make sure you check out the Jeff Ward Show podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.